Hi, I'm Ez. I'm Dove. And welcome to the Let Me Talk podcast. Right. Yeah. That's that's what's happening a lot now in the market. It's so annoying. They keep people keep signing players, great players, and they completely tear apart their careers by playing them. Right. Like Timo Werner's being played in a completely different position than he was at Leipzig as an out and out striker, and now he's pretty terrible. If I'm gonna be honest. He's pretty terrible, if I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know what position he's supposed to be playing. I don't know. They just keep putting him on the wings. That's the thing. They have this surplus of strikers that are all, you know, potential starters. And they have too much. Um, welcome back to a new episode of, this is episode 10. Um, for the listeners who haven't realized or noticed, but we're actually in different locations now. Um, so we're doing it over speakerphone, but, um, this week was pretty damn exciting, honestly. Yeah. I mean, so much happened this week. These past couple days have been crazy. Um, Ronaldo passed Pele. And did you see that? That he passed Pele in the all-time he's, scoring he's record. He's, he's being petty again. Yeah, yeah. It's just gonna. Once, I feel like once one of Ronaldo or Messi hits a thousand like real goals, they're gonna be like, no, Pele scored two thousand. Like. Yeah, when he was a baby in the womb. When he's <laughs> not a baby in the womb. Exactly. Like they just keep. They, they just, keep making stuff up. Yeah, they're like holding on so tightly to like the only glory they have anymore. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's sad. Unless, but, by the way, but unless they were Brazilian. If Ronaldo or Messi were Brazilian, then he'd be like, oh, oh of course, because it's like a, you know, of course they wouldn't. They wouldn't. You know, they wouldn't even hesitate. That's not that Ronaldo speaks Portuguese. That's not close enough. It's close, but not close enough. Yeah. Doesn't really uh, make the cut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, he keeps... They keep... I feel like it's mostly Santos, though. It's not really Pele himself or Brazilians themselves. It's mostly... The club? It's mostly Santos, the club. Huh. How far behind is Messi from that... Uh, um, I'm not so sure. Well, he can't be far. He just scored two more le- uh, yesterday. It's true. Uh, those were wicked. Did you see those? Yeah, I did. Great plays. Him, his link up with Pedri. It's it's just. It's crazy. It's so good. They just know how they know how each other they one another moves. Like that that first goal where Pedri rolled it back 
Yeah. Was I I genuinely went insane over that. It was just yeah, that was awesome. It was unbelievable. Everything. And then the goal Yeah, yeah. He went one way, right? Pitcher was going one way and the keeper followed him and because Exactly. He exactly and he just he passed it into the bottom corner. The bottom and the goal is like I got nothing. Yeah, that was good. No, yeah, that was great. His second goal was more impressive, but the play was tonight. Yeah, I think all the all the goals were like well worked team goals, especially that second one that Pedri scored. Where mess, I, I saw the ball. The first one Pedri scored. I and it's ridiculous the vision yeah. that Messi has. But I saw, yeah. I saw from the screen. I was like, oh my god, he's gonna make that pass to De Jong, and he made way, it. Not just the. Because Ray Hudson gives him so much credit, and I feel like people get lost in the rest of Barcelona when they watch him, when they watch the Barcelona game, and he's commentating. Because every goal, he's just like that. Was Messi could be on the bench with interview, but like that, Messi saw that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He's a hundred percent on Messi. He orchestrated like, that. Yeah, exactly. But uh, he never, he never does mention Messi in the game. And at even first, when even when it's like a, a Madrid derby, he'll talk about Messi. It's crazy. But oh, uh, yeah. you don't want to take away from. But it was, I, I genuinely, at, at first, I, I'm going to be honest, I thought he overplayed it, and then De Jong made that header across, and I was like, wow. Not even a header. Oh, right. He tapped it. It was like, do you remember, it was like Coutinho's assist directed against Spurs. Right. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that was any similar. <laughs> Maybe in the sense of hitting an in the air ball back, but Rakitic's goal was also a mind blower. That was crazy. Um, but yeah, um, so this week, Chelsea announced that they will forever, well, not forever, but they will be 100% backing Frank Lampard. Um, they're probably going to give him money in the transfer market that he doesn't need. But I, look, I wouldn't what? be surprised, but they said they're going to support him through and through. Obviously, I agree, just because I think hiring a coach and then firing him because he has a couple bad performances is stupid. But at the same time, something does need to change with his, his man management or his strategy, his tactics. I don't know what it is, but something definitely needs to change. If he wants them to have faith in him for longer. He's going to get all this, uh, this New Year's money, and he's going to go out and buy himself an Erling Haaland. That'll make everything better. Yeah, but he'll play him at center back, so he's not going to really do anything. <laughs> this guy's tall, right? He's to yeah, he's tall and strong. He can defend well. Um, yeah, but it's it's weird. There's a, it's, it's almost because... Um, you know, also Liverpool lost this week to Southampton, which was no, Danny, Ings. Danny Danny fucking Ings. <laughs> Danny Ings, man. I love that guy. And it had to be him. It had I to be love him. That guy. And the goal was so nice. And Beautiful. Early, and then they stopped them for eighty. But it, but it wasn't. It wasn't even just that. Like, look, obviously Liverpool had the majority of the attacks, and they had ten more shots than. Southampton did, but Southampton didn't just put the brakes on. They they did push forward every once in a while. Yeah. You know, definitely taking into account they had to sit back if they wanted to avoid getting obliterated, but... Yeah, 
see any of the tactics? Were you watching it like tactically? Like did they have a, a back five most of the time? Like what were they doing? And, you know, uh, I don't think they really. They definitely sat back as a unit. Uh, it's just simple. I mean, Southampton's style has always, at least this season, has always been very classic four four two. And honestly, I think that's something that like Mourinho could and should use at Spurs. Um, but it's it's a very it's a it's a very practical as opposed to like aesthetically pleasing style of football. They they defend as a unit. They get the the second they get the ball, they they try to launch something forward. They have incredible pace in like Musa Gineppo and Theo Walcott. No, they they just very they play very practically. They have you know they have James Ward Prowse who can hit a ball on the dime and and it's perfect. Like he's he's a fucking English Pirlo and Beckham had a baby. That's that's how I see Prowse now. That's how I see Ward Prowse. He, every time he hits a set piece, it's either a very close chance or a goal. There's no in between. Yeah, or it's an assist. Right. Well, yeah, it's either resulting in a goal or it's going to be a forced save or clearance or something. But it's... And then, you know, they also have Danny Ings, who has completely revived his career. But it, it just... I knew, I knew, I knew that if Southampton were going to down Liverpool, it was going to be Danny Ings. It had to be. It had to be the whole time. And you know what I love about it is that in 2018-2019, they decided we'll stick with Origi because he scored a couple goals here and there in the Champions League to let us win it. He he didn't even he couldn't even manage to pull ten goals. I can't I can't remember the last time Origi was included in like the squad list. Origi. Oh yeah, and, but what I love about it is that they decided because he, you know, granted he did pretty much lead them. You know, he completed the comeback against Barcelona. He scored the ceiling goal against Spurs in the final. So, sure, you know, you could say based on that. So they stick with Origi, right? They complete. They 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 you know make the deal for Danny Ings to go to Southampton permanent. Danny Ings in the 2019-2020 season reaches second place with 22 goals in the Premier League, and Divock Origi can't manage even 10 goals in all competitions. Crazy. Yeah. It's cr- and it just I mean it goes to show that that Danny Ings wasn't meant to be the backup. No, definitely not. And I think I think Klopp. Do you think Do you think that that's telling? Do you think it's telling of, of Jurgen Klopp's style is immediate gratification? Do you think he's an immediate gratification kind of guy? I do think so. Like, if, if the second half of the season showed that Allison is a terrible keeper, like Allison, like, let's say he lets in, like, like 10 ridiculous, you know, they like shoots the ball too hard, the back's off if he, if he ten, uh, If he, he turns into a Kepa? If Allison were to show huge errors from now to the end of the season, he would immediately buy a new keeper for next season, right? I don't know if he would immediately buy a new keeper, but he would start, you know, he would start pulling oh, Allison God. out and putting in 
you know, the the young guy that they have now. I mean, granted, granted in a in a, situ- in a situation where it's a a, key, a player that means a lot to a team and he's underperforming, it makes sense to replace them for a little bit just to show a little competition in the position. Like if Firmino isn't doing well as he has been, then you can use a backup like Origi or or someone else. Maybe Shakiri okay. in that in that striker's role. What? I said, or or Danny Ings. Oops, just kidding. He's not your backup. Exactly. Um, but honestly, like, it doesn't make sense for Ings to be in a backup role. He would be playing. He would he would never play. Firmino, no matter how many goal like goals and assists he doesn't record because he hasn't in ages, he would still be sitting on the bench. And they'd be losing out. And honestly, I mean, Ings, I don't think Ings fits in that system of this maniacal high press and running around the whole time. And then, you know, this, you know, just bursting pace that Mane, Salah, Alexander-Arnold, Robertson, the cross. I mean, it's, it's not the same style. So I think it made sense for him to leave and for them to let him leave. But in terms of how many goals... And what he's capable of, I'm sure they could have worked that into the system, and they regret it. He could have played. He could have played a very important. Like if you put the Mane and Salah on the wing, and then Danny Ings is your big center forward, like your big center forward who gets the passes from Allison all the way back to the goal, and can either take him down himself and push forward, or bring it down for either of them. He would have been perfect for that. Right. I mean, that's his role now at Southampton. They play very simple game, and. And, you know, also with Ward-Prowse and his ability to deliver crosses and, and long balls and stuff, he's – it's not it's not just Danny Ings. It's also, you know, Yannick Vestergaard. Yannick Vestergaard is almost seven feet tall. So, so every time you aim for his fucking head, it's going in the goal. It's, it's crazy. They have they – ha- I think they have like four or five players that are all at least 6'2 or 6'3". Um, yeah, it's it's absurd. It's unbelievable. And also, um, and I didn't know about this until I started like reading up on them and stuff. But uh, do you know Oriol Romeo? Oriol Romeo sounds He's big, bald defensive midfielder on on Southampton. But I didn't know he he came from the Barca academy, was sold to Chelsea. Didn't know that. And he won the Champions League with them in 2012. Really? <laughs> Just well, he's like one of those random players that yeah, won it. So many random players that won trophies that you don't know about. Yeah. Um, no, until somebody does the research. The best thing though about the matchup was, uh, did you see the? Did you see? Did you watch the game? Which one? Southampton Spurs. I mean Southampton and Liverpool. Yeah. So uh, the best thing about it was that. After the game, Ralph Hasenhutl, Ralph Hasenhutl was on the on his knees crying after the game. Because I was watching with a nephew, with uh, Hank, and uh, and when he was in the kitchen, and Hank was like, "Why is he crying? He just won the game." He was so confused, like, "Yeah, yeah because that's a big deal. Because everybody hates your good clock, and when you get your good clock, you cry. I don't have to." Yeah, but that's not even – so the reason is because he got his coaching badges 
I think under Klopp, either as like a teacher or or like with him or something. And so, you know, in his whole career of coaching so far, he's never had the chance of beating him. So he finally got to beat his like mentor. And he was just, yeah. And that was, that was why he was on the ground. He was just like blown away. He was so happy. Um, but yeah, I, I just didn't like, What I don't like is, so Klopp goes out right after this game and he just shit talks the refs completely. He's like, Mane's not a diver. If you think Mane's a diver, then you're crazy. And, and, oh, there were so many penalties and this and that. And he receives no backlash, no consequences for saying... Oh, look, it's a call. A call's a call. But I'm going to be a little bitch about all of these calls, right? Yeah. You get no backlash. Does somebody else get backlash for a complaint? But then, Nuno Espirito Santo, uh, Santo or Santos, whatever, the Wolves coach, criticizes referees and he gets a fine. What? He gets a fat fine. And I'm like... I'm I'm pretty upset about it because I don't, I don't think I've ever I don't know about ever but rarely do you see Nuno complaining about refs or or most coaches and every single week Klopp is complaining about something players fatigue fucking schedule injuries refs complaining it's, it's a and it's all it's mostly about calls during games and he he gets nothing i don't know i don't, i really don't know why i want them to take action maybe there's a way to set it you know that's different but i can't imagine a way to different say it like what what do you mean i don't know it's different phraseology different words a different tone there was a different situation could be. I mean, it could be that, you know, Nuno was like, these calls were garbage and he went out after them. And then, you know, in Klopp's case, he was like complaining about the calls. It's not more, it's not more like he's defending his players. You know what I mean? Right, right. There should be more penalties. My players aren't divers. Where, as Nuno was always saying, I didn't see it. But Nuno was saying, these refs are making horrible calls. Right. You know what I mean? He said the refs are bad by being negative to the refs. And he's just defending and Klopp just defending his so, I mean, that could be the difference. Right. But even then, like, yeah, it's yeah, obvious that he's complaining. Yes. Yeah, if the FA is going to find people to criticize the rest, then criticize them even when they're defending their players. Right. Uh, yeah, give them the but consequences. That's trying to say. You know what I mean? You know when a player's trying to be cheeky and the ref gives them a yellow during a foul or, like, an altercation because he tell they're being cheeky? Yeah. The, the FA should know that cost being cheeky. Right. He's doing that. He's being very cheeky. Right. Oh, my players are... Hey, stop little bitch, and here's a $200,000 fine or whatever for bad-mouthing our refs. Right. A hundred percent, and it's... It's 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 honestly frustrating that, that they have that difference. Like, oh, you know, he's outright calling them out, and he's just complaining through, you know, defense of his players. But, nah, yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, 
you watch um, Tifo has uh, now that it's a window that she's got the sensible transfer video of. Do you watch any of them? I haven't watched any of them recently, but I've seen like older ones for other uh, windows. He just did one for United, which I didn't watch, but he just did one for Spurs. And like, I know we make cool calls about who should go to Spurs, it would be cool to see, it would be kind of fun. He makes very legitimate, like very legitimate calls. 100%. Guys One, and, and also like, a lot of the guys that he, that he suggests, I remember I saw one for Arsenal, and there are guys that like I I've watched in games and you you immediately like see their ability and you you understand that they would fit at certain teams and like he named a bunch of guys I was like why isn't this guy like Arsenal's sporting director I, I don't like why is either so that and then instead they go and they sign fucking Nicola Pepe. And then nothing yeah. happens. But here's the thing that, that bugs me, though, about that, right? It's because you have all these different people. Yeah. People, H-I-T-C, you and me sometimes, other podcasters, other articles, other bloggers, the, the athletic, whatever it is. They make these calls, and at the end of the day, the clubs will make a different call. Right. The clubs hire people to do this, right? Yeah. So are they hiring the wrong people, and they're making the wrong calls, or... It's all dumb luck at some point. Like, what is the... Because they're supposed to know better. Right? They're paid to know better. Right. So... 100%. Is it just dumb luck at some point? Make it's not... Make a bad call. Make a call to be a good call. I mean... I, I, I can't... I can't really pin it. I, I don't know what it is. Because... You know, clearly the guys that are making these, writing these articles or making these videos, they're putting a lot of effort into it. And not to say that the people that are hired by the clubs aren't putting effort into it. But some of the decisions that, like, I could say with full confidence, the last 15 transfer decisions that Ed Woodward has made at Manchester United, I would say at least half of them were absolute dog shit. And no one ever wanted them. And it was just, like, a thing they decided on because... Who, I, I don't know. Who knows? Nobody knows. I don't think they know even. Yeah. yeah. And also, I thought that had to do with the, the Glazers, right? It had to do with the Glazers also. I mean, the Glazers is more of a decision about how much money they're willing to spend. Because that's the thing. Like, for some reason, it's either, it's either like, United buy a, some world-class superstar that's going to break their bank, or they're buying some random ass obscure player who's not really that great and does nothing for the team. Like like Daniel okay. James. Like you can either go with you know Jaden Sancho or you can go with Daniel James. Those are your choices. There's no in between. There's no middle ground. I would say Bruno Fernandez was the middle ground. Edinson Cavani was the middle ground. Um Uh, maybe even like Harry Maguire was the middle ground, although he's more towards the superstar end. I mean, his performance, but he's cost it. <laughs> no, he performs it now. He's unbelievable now. I, I mean, he's been recently. I wouldn't say now, I but been yesterday because they didn't get past what it did to yesterday, huh? Look, I think uh... transfers coming up. 
but yeah, I mean, if you if you look back at the at the game itself, why are there no stats here? That's so annoying. Um. Are you looking at the, the derby? Yeah, the derby? from yesterday. It was a close-cut game. It was 12 shots to 11 shots. City only had two more on target. You know, the possession obviously is going to go to City's side because that's what they play. That's what Pep does, yeah. But otherwise, it was a, it was a, it was a very evenly matched game. Was it? What? I mean, I guess if you're saying stats-wise, it was... It was, uh, and, and look, even watching it, obviously, with City controlling the majority of the possession, they still, you know, put up a, a pretty valid fight, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't watch the game, though, but I, I, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. What other games yesterday? The other uh, important games were... Uh, um, Leon was an important game. Juve-Milan was an important game. PSG's first game with Pochettino was an important game. Yeah, that's right. I didn't watch any of them. So, look, I'm going to stick to my guns here from what I said last time out. Uh, again, for what? For PSG? Leon won. PSG drew to San Etienne. Yeah. Who's in 14th place in their first game. Well, whatever, it's the first game. Things start off shaky, but I don't think he'll connect the dots that fast. Um, and, and same thing with, with Milan and Juve. I mean, as far as... You're going to stick to what you said about Serie A? Yeah, you know, because... Yes, because I... Even... Because, listen, because, listen, with even with that win, Juve just make the cut for top four. Just. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. It's not the point, again. Everybody's points are close. It's the fact that they won, and they didn't just win, they beat the league leader. And the other league leaders who were tied with you also lost to a total jack team. No. Inter is a point behind. Juve is seven points behind. What I'm saying is, I I don't think... I, they, beat? they beat the league leader. They have the strength to do it. That's nice, but they beat the league leaders. They beat the league leaders with a full-strength squad against the league leaders who did not have a full-strength squad. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. Of course it matters. Of course it matters. Because if you're having a Manchester Derby and you have Man U with a full-strength squad and you have Manchester City with with missing, I don't know, let's say they're missing De Bruyne, they're missing, they're missing Ederson, they're missing... Milan are missing Ante Rebic, they're missing Zlatan Ibrahimovic, they're missing... Who else were they missing? They didn't start Brahim Diaz. Sorry, he's not missing. They're they're missing. Let me see. But they're missing a handful of starting players that make a huge difference to the team. I mean, that's yeah, just how I it is. Don't, and I don't buy the excuses. I don't buy the excuses. I don't. I don't buy the excuses. They beat the league leaders. They, they stopped Europe's biggest, long-lasting, longest-lasting unbeaten run. Sure. That's what they did. Sure, but... Unbelievable players. So look at, uh, look at last season when... 
Look, look at last season when when what was it Villa knocked out Liverpool in the FA Cup? Yeah. Was would you say that was a, a huge win for Villa? Um, to beat the league leaders and knock them out of the no, FA Cup. They played their B team or their C team. Right. But, but Milan didn't play a B or C team. They played their A team, and whoever was on the A team was on the bench. Just because you have bench players, they're also play missing Tonali and Salamakers. Just because. Benasser. Just because you're playing guys from the bench doesn't mean you're playing your B team. It just means you're playing your first team with the guys that sit first. That's all. That's who they played. Liverpool. Did but not they play didn't. Their a team. They didn't. They didn't play their A team bench players. Right. They played maybe one. They play one regular player. Right. And then they play their youth team. Right. Of course, we're going to kick their ass. Okay. Total sense. Right. So if you have a team that's missing, I would say five of their out and out starters, it's un it's not even a question that they're going to lose to any team. The odds are just significantly higher of losing if you are missing one, two, um, three, four, five. I'm not counting Brahim Diaz. They were missing Alexis Salamakers. They're missing Sandro Tonali. They're missing. Um, they're missing. They're missing Rebic and Ibrahimovic, and they're missing Ismail Benasser. Five out and out starters. All right, look, I still don't, I still am not doubting you guys' power. You meant this, okay? What do you mean? What What does that make a difference if it's Juve or not? It's Juventus. As I'm saying, I'm saying for the for the call that I had for the title race right, that Juve could finish top four. I thought you were going to finish top four. You cannot. I mean, I am right now. No, well, you're crazy. That's okay. And um, the French league, I hear you. I hear. I hear. But again, it's only the first game, so you can't really tell, give them that much. That's exactly what I said. Yeah. I'm so sticking to it, like but it's. What did I say? PSG is gonna win. It's early on. Yes. Um, this week, and I think, I think this is how individual awards should go now, but Rashford is officially the most valuable player in, in the year, in Europe, in the world. Whoa, how do you do that? Um, because he's an unbelievable player. He's, his quality of play is, is great and it's only getting better. He yes, his his transfer value is the highest how did, how as is of that right possible? now. How is that? Po I just said how it's possible. Yeah, but but people would pay people would pay more for him than they pay for Messi, Ronaldo, Neymar, Mbappe. Yeah, his wow. value is higher Remember. than everybody else's. I mean, the guy is, he's still like 22 for the past five years. 
and he's he's always had incredible ability and he's only you know he's only on the rise from here I mean, they, uh, they like haven't... It's almost as if you're saying they couldn't get Rashford, so they settled for Matthew. Right? They didn't have enough money for Rashford, so they settled for buying on that. That's what it sounds like. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. There's a lot more... Yeah, potential. There's a lot more, not Picture. even just potential, but there's a lot more to get out of Rashford than there is Messi now. I mean, they they haven't been the most valuable players, Ronaldo and Messi, for quite some time. I would say, uh, I don't know, at least two or three years now. Overtaken by what? Mbappe, Neymar. Mbappe, Neymar. Um, you know, Sancho, Holland. It's not. A, you know, obviously everybody would want a Messi or Ronaldo on their team, but at the same time. What's the payoff? You're not, you're not getting the same guys that were there in 2010 that have another yeah. 15 years left. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, Mbappe, um, Mbappe was fifth in the list. Sancho was sixth in the list. Uh, Kai Havertz and Timo Werner were tenth and eleventh. Um, Holland was second. In the list, uh, let's see, let's see. Alexander Arnold was third. Bruno Fernandez was fourth. I don't think I don't think Ronaldo and Messi were even in the top ten. Oh, they have the full top twenty list. They're not even in the top twenty. It's just past their time. So it is now. Okay. It's just it's still still fun. Yeah. Um, but it seems now though, speaking of transfer values, that the transfer window for January has taken full flight. Um, completed deals as of now. Um Alenia, the midfielder at Barça, was loaned out to Hatafe. Again, so we can pretty much say goodbye to youth development at Barca again. Um, and Arsenal loaned William Salibot to Nice, a defender. And it's, for me, it's like a puzzling move because he was a player that we're like pushing and pushing to get. And then they got him and sold him to Saint Etienne again. And then they finally got him in Arsenal, and then they're like, all right, let's loan him out again. Even though, supposedly, he's a great defender and he's a huge prospect, but they're just not taking the chance on him. It's just weird. Um, it's almost oh, like shooting themselves in the foot. On William Saliba. They're not, uh, they're not, you know, playing him. They're just going to loan him out again. Um... I don't really think he's ever started for Arsenal, but um, yes, well, there's Arsenal. Arsenal could, could uh, they could use taking a chance, I think. Or actually, maybe not. They should just stick to what they're doing right now. No, honestly. Hey, I, I mean, they seem to have gotten something right. Um, oh, and that was I meant to say that before, but 
after Arsenal played Chelsea, it was it's. I thought it was pretty funny that they they were like Chelsea has now contracted the the Arsenal virus, and then when they played against um, was it Liverpool? Was it Chelsea played against Liverpool after them? No, it was. I don't remember, but they said you know Liverpool contracted it after them. So there's a a football pandemic within a pandemic. So. Arsenal are patient here, or uh, honestly, maybe uh, maybe uh, Sheffield are patient here. Could be, but um, and then Sebastian Aller looks set to make a move to Ajax from West Ham. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's I think he's going for like twenty million. I think it's a great move for Ajax. I mean, he's pretty sweet. He's huge. He knows how to score. I think that was one of the... He's good the, at hold-up um, play. That was one of the, tra- the sensible transfers. Sensible for who? For... For Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, but they already have a big, strong striker in Vinicius. No, there's like 40 of them, but none of them are related. Because uh, I know United just see, signed. Can we see what a team of Triarchs would look like? It would look like 15 wingers. <laughs> Literally, they're all wingers. So, so basically, so, so basically uh, Chelsea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Bertrand Triarch, Adama Triarch, uh, Ahmad Diallo Triarch. Uh, I think there's like a, is it this guy? No. Yeah. Lasana, Lasina Traore, but uh, he's not like a famous player. Um, but yeah, there's so many Traores and United just secured a Traore in Ahmad Diallo. So we have another, hopefully a good winger, not like uh, Dan James. Daniel James, we talking about he's a star. He's a what? He's a star. <sighs> I don't know about that. He hasn't put any uh, star performances. Um, but there's also two United States men's national team youngsters going into Europe. One going to uh, Genk. I don't know how to pronounce it, but I'm going to go with Genk um, in Belgium. And then the other one's going to Salzburg and linking up with fellow American Jesse Marsh. So not only are we seeing more and more players make big moves to teams like Dortmund and Chelsea and, and, you know, whatnot, but we're seeing more and more prospects going from the States to Europe, which is huge. So exciting. Yeah, dude, the U.S. I was telling uh, someone today. I'm like... All the, all the U.S. players in Europe. I mean, they're going to... If they get this stuff together and do it really well, like, uh, the fact that the U.S. MNT training and whatnot, they're going to... They're going to crush. I think the U.S. camp opens back up soon. And I'm like... 
I don't think I've ever been this excited for a U.S. men's national team game in yeah, my life. Right? I'm, like, pumped to see these guys play. And like, you know what? If they play a team like Panama or whatever, they win 12 nil, then you know, like, yeah. Yeah. When they start putting in those performances like Argentina does or Portugal does or Spain does against the minnows of international football, then you know they're a real team. And then, you know, if they start putting up against – Mexico start getting, putting good performances and giving them a hard time, then you also definitely know. Um, yeah. Because also, like, with that rivalry specifically, obviously there was a lot of tension because it's the Mexico-U.S. rivalry. But, you know, Mexico has always had high quality. But now that the U.S. has genuine quality players with, you know – a genuine quality game plan. Oh yeah, it, yeah it's gonna be yeah. so much better than I mean, what it was. Raúl Jiménez and oh, the oh, couple guys at Ajax and yeah, Vela. It's it's like. I'd, I've just never been this excited to watch them. It's always been like, oh, look, the U.S. is playing. I should probably watch that. And then I watch it, and then I'm highly disappointed because they lose to Trinidad and Tobago, and then they don't go to fucking Russia. It's ridiculous. But now, it's like, oh, I just want to watch them play. Yeah. All right. I really want to. When did you say, oh, you should open up soon. You know exactly what happened. Um, it's just like the training camp. They're just putting it all together. Um, I don't know. I'm actually looking it up right now. So let's see. The USMNT schedule. CONCACAF qualifiers for the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022. Wait, what? Oh, World Yeah. So, the qualifiers um, – this is the most confusing thing ever. Yeah, okay, so uh, March. March is when games start happening again. Um, It just says, like, official or friendly matches. So it's just uh, international break is going to be back up in March. March 22nd. Right. I mean, it makes sense. That's when, right, the the national international break paused in, what was it, November, October. And they're going to come back in March. But there's a huge... March, between March 22nd and 30th are officials and friendlies. And then May 31st to June 15th, the Nations League semifinals. And then... July 2nd to August 1st is a gold cup. Hmm. Right. Yeah, but it's... And look, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yes. It's going to be unbelievable. Um, yeah. Um, now that we've covered official transfers... Let's let's see what you think of the roundup of rumors. Uh, Let me hear it. 
Uh, I would say, as usual, pause me when you uh, hear something that perks up your ears, but I think we're going to be pausing a lot here. So the first one is Buendia. Do you know Emiliano bon, uh, Buendia from Norwich? Short Argentinian uh, winger. Yeah, sounds familiar. So he's um, a huge target for Arsenal in the window. Um I think they can pull it off if they wanted to, and I think if they pull it off, it would be huge for them. I mean, just to add actual proven good attacking prowess from from the Premier League back into the Premier League from the Championship. Um, that would be a huge deal. And uh, yeah, I, I like the sound of that. Um, the next thing, which was... What was that? Nothing crazy to my ears yet, but it's not good. Uh, the next thing was that, and I think Pep, I don't think he shot it down, but he definitely suggested that he had his doubts on the rumor, but that uh, De Bruyne rejected a new Manchester City contract oh. over the past few days. And I don't see him going anywhere. I really don't think that's a thing. I think he was just upset with what they offered him. And, you know, probably they offered him something that he didn't want because... Financially, they couldn't do anything else because of the current situation, but that was something that definitely got my uh, my brain moving. Um, Barcelona. It's pretty interesting, but nah, yeah, my wildest dreams. Why you want to go to Barcelona? Are you kidding me? I would sell my left foot for that. I mean, it really sounds like you're throwing superstars of Barcelona squad yet. That's fair. That's fair. But like a player, a player of De Bruyne's quality is not something you come by. What? I don't know what you're saying. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't. I don't. I don't know yawning language. No, it's all good. Um, I don't know. I was boring you that much, but whatever. We'll move on. Um, Lucas. Lucas Vazquez also rejected. There's a lot of deal rejections, but Lucas Vazquez rejected a deal, um, which <laughs> honestly, I think Zidane is sitting in his office now thinking, yay, like he rejected a deal. Like, awesome. I don't have to deal with him anymore. I mean, in my mind, I'm thinking, who is Lucas Vazquez that he thinks he has the audacity and the the demand to reject. I think when his contract runs out, no one's going to buy him. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, I don't even know how that guy got into professional football to begin with. I mean, he wasn't terrible. He wasn't good, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing he was good for is diving against Juve and... Being a Ferb lookalike from Phineas and Ferb. Ferb. Oh, he does look like Ferb. He does look like Ferb. <laughs> if only he dyed his hair green. If only. Um, the next one is that despite all our talk and hopes of Deli Ali going to uh, PSG, Spurs supposedly do not want to sell him. Deli Ali. Deli Ali. 
which was weird to me because it doesn't seem like he's part of their plans. Uh, you know, they tried to play him a few times and he's really not clicking well anymore. And look, maybe they're, they're having some kind of talks and they're trying to get him back up to his former levels, but I was, I was pretty bent on him leaving because it just made sense for all parties, for those getting him, for those selling him, for him. I don't know. Um, and then the next bit was Ramos now rejected a new deal from Real. He definitely has the right to do that, but that, but that's the thing. He's going to get shit on by the fans, by the club, by his teammates. Um, and, is, there, is there a transfer rumor surrounding it, or is it just that he's rejecting his? Uh, I mean, it just you know that he's rejecting it and that he's a free agent in the summer, so he can go a number of places. But it looks like he's likely to move on. Um, he is 34. <clears throat> yeah, but he's still an unbelievable center back. Still probably one of the best in the world. Yeah, he's really good. He's also jacked, by the way. You see his he's... fitness after, during the pandemic? He's a monster. He's the most ridiculous shape I've ever seen. He's an absolute monster. Um, but yeah, they offered him two new deals, or one, no, two two new deals for a new contract, and I think he rejected both. They were giving him a pay cut, um, um, yeah, so it was either, so the two deals were either a one-year contract with no salary change or a two-year contract with a deduction. And he was like, no. He's like, uh, how many guys go stuck in it? Right. I mean, supposedly, according to, I think it was gold.com. No, the, the realchamps.com. I've never heard of them, but they said that he's interested in, in what PSG are offering. But I don't see him, at least of a, a player of his stature and his professionalism, I don't see him stooping that low. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be a student. If I want to go somewhere else, actually, you know, it'll, it'll make a difference. Right. I mean, like, only to make a difference as PSG. Not only to make a difference, but also to accomplish something. Like, I sh I sure. I see that too, and and honestly, if I I gotta say, even if PSG win a Champions League, which I think they could, and I know you don't think they can, but if they were to win a Champions League, it still wouldn't be that big of an accomplishment for you know big guys who went there or whatever it is. Like, sure they won, but think about it—they spent billions over ten years. And it took them that long to get to it. Yeah. Also, it wouldn't be the big one to come with for Ramos. 
No, not at all. Right, that's what I'm saying. For any big players who went there, if if Messi went there, if Ronaldo went there, if if Messi, Ronaldo, Ramos, if they all went there, and they obviously would win the Champions League, I, it's not a big deal. Like, number one, no shit, they have all those guys, and number two, it took them that long, and Messi and Ronaldo and Ramos to win the Champions League in that hypothetical. Um, like if, if Pochettino, let's say they sold like Mbappe and they kept Neymar or vice versa, they sold Neymar and they kept Mbappe, then maybe I would see it as more of an accomplishment because they wouldn't have the same star power, but still they just have a broken team. It's just, it's crazy. Like to put it into perspective. If you look at their team on FIFA, like, no one's below an 86. It's, it's absurd. Um, oh, I have... That's weird. Why do I have Nuno being fined for criticism in the roundup for transfers? Okay. Um, and then the next one was... We spoke about Ozil last time. Um, and I mentioned the MLS, and then I also mentioned Turkey. Turns out he had been discussing with DC United for a move to the MLS, and then he currently has, I don't really know which angle to take and which source to believe because they were all valid sources, but he has supposedly agreed a deal with Fenerbahce. Fenerbahce? So it looks like a return to Turkey is on the cards. My problem, though, is that the um, supposedly Arsenal came out and said that they will only um, ex they will only sell deal sell deal sell Ozil for a deal that's beneficial to them that they deem good. So I'm like. All right, like, are you serious? <laughs> I don't get it. Yes, Ozil. Yeah. So he agreed to deal with Fenerbahce, and uh -huh. Arsenal supposedly said that they will only accept a deal for him to leave if it's beneficial for them. I don't really know what they're trying to do. I don't know, like, are they trying to sell Ozil for $50 Because that's never going to happen. Are they going to try a swap deal for some superstar player? Because that's also not going to happen. Yeah, it's not going to happen. It's... I don't know where yeah, their heads are at. It's so weird. His situation is so weird. And I think... I think if they've just showed him some love and had him stay there for a little bit longer, I think everybody would be happy. Let's say he played out the rest of the season, or he played out a season more, and then he would move on or something. Like, but there's no... It's like they're refusing to leave yeah, like, this on a good really, note. Like, what did he do? What, did, he, did he sleep with somebody's daughter? Like, what did he do? Uh, he paid... You know what he did? He paid, paid uh, Gunnarsaurus' wages, exactly. He paid off his wages. That's what he did. He did a nice thing for a person. An arsenal or two. Too stuck up to... Yeah, it's very strange. It's... 
And I think it, I think from Arsenal's perspective, it's so poorly managed that whole yeah, situation. He is so good. And you know, even if he's not that good anymore, to like go about it how they're going about it, and they're they're completely shitting on a guy who's stuck with them for years, and he could have left them at any point in his career if he really wanted to. And he's and he's getting it's like a Real Madrid. They're treating him like absolute. Trash and it's. I think it's disgusting and immature. Did we mention that maybe he should just go and play in the MLS with Thierry Henry? I'm sure Henry would back him. If he played like in Montreal? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Probably. They would definitely get along. I think mm-hmm. I think they share the same I think they even share the same philosophies about Arsenal now. They both think it's a shithole. They both think it's no, they both think that it's crap. Yeah, they both think it's a dumpster fire. I mean Thierry Henry said to Patrice Evra, I cannot like he's he turned off the TV when they watched the Arsenal game together. Alright, did I tell you about this? No. I don't know if it was recently or a while ago. But Thierry Henry was hanging out with Patrice Evra, obviously, because you know who who isn't best friends with Patrice Evra and Thierry Henry. Yeah. Um. Patrice Evra comes in, they sit down, he turns on the TV, they put on the Arsenal game. Who are they playing? Thierry, I don't know. It doesn't matter though, because Thierry Henry looks at the field. Really ever does. He looks at the field. He sees Granit Xhaka with a captain's armband, turns off the TV. Oh my god! And Patrice Evra's like, what are you doing, man? He's like, I, I can't watch my team if they're going to be captained by a guy like that. Oh my god. With no quality and no leadership skills. Like, they share the same thoughts about Arsenal. It's no longer, it's no longer like a, a team that they, they, they love anymore. It's so sad. It's so sad. So honestly, like if he if he went and worked with Henri, I think they would definitely get along, especially you know the Arsenal connect- connection, let alone their. Yeah, and he'd play, have a good time. Yeah, I think it would be great if Ozil went to the MLS, but at the same time, I do get going to Turkey. Mm-hmm. But those are his options mm-hmm. right now. Um, and then I just saw today, actually, before you called. That Pogba, so Pogba's situation is getting more and more complicated. I think he'll stay, and I really want him to stay because he's enjoying himself, or what seems to be enjoying himself. He's playing with the guys. Everybody gets along, at least you know on the field and in training. Um, his form has taken some crazy upturn, and he's doing really well. And, and you know, yeah, I mean, overall, I want him to stay. But United still have their eyes on Jack Grealish and Jaden Sancho. So Jack Grealish, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for the past, like, three years now. And, I didn't know that. And, um, yeah, and they're, and they're thinking of selling Pogba to up the, you know, their spending value, their spending ability so they can get one of them. But I really think that they should just stick with what they have. They're doing well. You know, maybe get another striker or another winger, maybe. Honestly, I don't think they need much. 
they just need to get used to playing in a good, strong system and playing consistently. Who do you prefer, Grealish or Sancho? Um, hmm. Depends on if they sell Pogba or not. So let's say they sell Pogba and they get one of them. I would say, I would say Sancho. Because I mean, I mean, look at it. You have Bruno Fernandez, you have, you have Fred, you have McTominay, you have Matic, you have Mata, you have, dare I say, Lingard, you have Van de Beek. You have so many options in midfield. Whether it's defensive, whether it's just a regular center mid, or if it's an attacking midfielder, yeah, you have a lot of midfield options. You don't need him anymore. You made money. You get to sell those guys. Yeah, but you can keep Matic because whatever. You'll just have him until he's done playing and he's still really good. Like, why not hold on to a guy who can be a backup to McTominay or to Fred? Um, and like, if you bring in Grealish, you're just add, you're adding more problems for Van de Beek. You're adding problems for. Bruno Fernandez, like, how are you going to split that up? Sure, you can put him on the wing, but at the same time, he's more of that, like, main man creator that Aston Villa use him as now. And, like, if you bring in Sancho, sure, it's going to be a harder time for, for guys like Greenwood or for, you know, Greenwood, Daniel James, but that's it, you know. At that point, it's just a fair, it's a, it's a, if they bring in Sancho, it's more of a there's a out and out starter for the winger spots in Rashford and and Sancho or Sancho and Martial, and then you have your backup prospects who get you know x amount of time a season to play to improve or get loaned out in Daniel James and Mason Greenwood, and you know Mason Greenwood would would be the the other striker option other than Martial and Cavani and Rashford. So I think I think Sancho would be a better move. I would much prefer Sancho. Yeah, that's why I asked. And, and also think about it. I mean, with the with the style that United want to play, they they like almost like Southampton. They they have a good you know defensive unit. They they defend in shape. And then the second, literally every time, the second they get the ball, they launch these attacks. With with the pace that Rashford has, the ability to to go from one end to to the other, one end to the other end, and Fernandez to play these exquisite balls. Daniel James's pace, Mason Greenwood has pace, and if Jaden Sancho, if you added Jaden Sancho to that, it would just be yeah, ridiculous. It wouldn't be a race. It would just be a a waltz to the goal every time. So yeah, my pick would be Sancho. Um, last but not least, certainly not least, on this little rumor roundup, um, Jurgen Klopp is supposedly in contact with Kylian Mbappe. What do you make Who's of that? In contact with, with Kylian Mbappe? Jurgen Klopp. No. No. No what? Nothing's gonna happen. Nothing's gonna happen. I don't know. 
I really don't know because. Give me a reason why Kylian Mbappé would go to Liverpool. A. Fits his style to the bill. He would. Hold on. He Hold would. On real quick. Just so I can already rule out two things. Yeah. It's not to play with the best players in the world because he is one of the best players in the world, and PSG is full of the best players in the world. So we're gonna mark that off. It's not experience, okay? Mane and Salah are good, but they're not Mbappe and Di Maria and all the other guys. Okay. It would I mean, fit they, his style though. It would fit Hold his on. style perfectly. And he's also not getting paid more. There's no way Liverpool are matching what that that. Um, Right, but I don't think money is that owns PSG. There's no way they're gonna pay him more money. No chance. So there's no money. There's no money. There's no money aspect, but there's no money aspect. There's, there's no. There's no like. There's a real competition. There's a coach that he's a fan of. There's a team that fits his his abilities that he would fit in perfectly. He would be starting every game ahead of Firmino. He would score hundreds of goals. Like you wouldn't imagine, especially with people like Mane and Salah supporting him in the attack. Yeah. And and it's a real competition. He's not going to be playing in France anymore. He's going to actually contend for a title and a cup that means something. He'll actually contend as an actual contender for the Champions League for once. Instead of just making it to the final and then losing to Bayern. It's it's a it's a completely new experience, and I and and he's always spoken about how he wants to emulate Ronaldo's career. He doesn't want to be a one one club messy guy. He wants to conquer. He wants to divide and conquer, and, and see if he can do what Ronaldo did. I mean, Ronaldo's been his his idol since day one. So I mean, so then maybe I think it also depends on how we go Pochettino. Right, I think it depends on how he gets along with Mbappe, but also how they perform in the rest of the season. If they don't win the Champions League, he'll start contemplating life somewhere else. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Especially if, uh, if uh, maybe even Madrid, especially if uh, they're dropping all these guys that aren't going to re-sign their contracts. Oh, yeah. And then it opens, and then it opens the door for PSG to bring in Ramos, maybe even, and you know what? Maybe if they even bring in Messi, if they if they sell Liverpool Mbappe and make a, a shit ton of money, which they will, if they do, they'll definitely be able to bring in Messi. Yeah, that's interesting. That's and it'll interesting. and it's. I don't think Messi will ever leave, but it's interesting. And it's a. I think. I think once. Once things start really materializing in terms of how likely it is, and it starts getting more and more likely, I think that's going to be the the butterfly effect of it. It's going to be, you know, Mbappe goes to Liverpool, which counts Liverpool out of, like, any attacking option signings, which means United can get Sancho with ease, which means PSG can get Messi because they'll have sold Mbappe for a ton of money. It's it's just going to have this it's there's always it always happens like that where it's this butterfly effect of you know these just dominoes tumbling over one another of who goes where and how it affects this team of who they sign so then the other team can get this guy. And, but this is just going to be the one 
to to break all of them especially with the names that are being put out there and the and just the the sheer value of these players and and who's getting who yeah i'm very excited to see this uh, january window play out and pan out i don't know if any of that's going to happen in the january window but it's definitely going to happen no, in the summer just, window just in general cuz we're talking i know cuz that's like more of a summer thing but just in general I'm excited to see this uh, January window play out. I'm yeah. Excited to see Liverpool bring in, um, especially Tottenham bring in. Um, I'm excited to see United do nothing. And um, what I'm City make them worse. What I'm looking forward to is is seeing how clubs, especially the big six and Barca and Real, how they're going to go about it, especially I with everything Barca that's going are. on. I just did. Um, I just read up a read up on like financial losses, and of the the two thousand nineteen two thousand twenty Premier League clubs, so including Norwich, including um, you know, including those guys that got relegated last season, the combined income loss, the combined estimated income loss of the big of not the big six, but of of the entire league last season was the one thousand. billion pounds. And the big big six alone made up half of that. Is that in the trillions? Yeah. Why did they just say trillion? Why would they say a thousand billion? I just did the calculation. I was too lazy to write it out. So I just wrote that. So it's you. Yes. But that's not the point. The point is that with that much money loss, and it's not just the money loss, it's also like the, the structural aspect of the of the teams the decisions they have to make are are always just final decisions because coronavirus ain't getting given nobody time to think about shit it's just go through with it exactly it's the ultimate it's the ultimate example of men plans and god laughs yes and it's like i just want to i really want to see how it plays out because last summer I you don't you didn't really see these teams worrying about you know obviously they were worrying about financials and wage cuts and layoffs and all that stuff but at the same time it wasn't the same scenario you know now England's in another lockdown um yeah it can it can really go in any direction no one has the spending power the value i mean rashford's value Right, we said he's MVP, pretty much. His value is only at like one fifty million, whereas Joao Felix went for a hundred whatever two seasons ago. Neymar went for two hundred, not short before, not uh, long before that. You know, the values of players have also gone down, which is great. Yeah, things so. look like they're going uh, not back to normal, but. Right, and it's just—I really want to see how these these teams maneuver it, because I don't—I don't know how they're gonna do it. The small teams, the big teams—it's gonna be an interesting situation. I cannot wait. I love an interesting situation. I don't even know if anybody's gonna make any big moves. I could see like youth players maybe moving around, like loans and and stuff like that, but. 
in terms of bigger deals, and when I say bigger deals, I don't mean like superstars. I mean anybody ranging from Jaden Sancho to uh, I don't know Max Aaron's from Norwich. Like, like even even United securing Diallo Ahmad Diallo for for January. I see that as a big move. It's impressive that they were able to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Have you heard anything? What are, have you like gotten any new stories that I probably haven't heard of? I didn't say anything, no. Mm. I didn't say anything. I'm trying to think if, uh, if there was something, but no, I don't believe so. Mm. Mm. Some rumors because it also just started, so right, 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 right. Nothing yet. Nothing yet. Also, I wanna, I wanted to ask your opinion. I know what you're gonna say, but I still wanted to ask your opinion on whether, um, yeah. Look, I'm seeing these things for PSG optimistic of landing Dele Ali following Pochettino appointment. Like, I don't know. I really don't know about that. Because they've they've come out and said that they still want to keep him, but who knows? Who, what are you, who knows? What are you asking me? Um, my question. Sorry, I got sidetracked. I just saw something pop up. But there's already three games have been postponed, and Villa have confirmed a COVID outbreak ahead of playing Liverpool again. Oh, stop! Everybody should stop for a month. For a month? Thanks. Put it off for a month. Yeah, everything should stop for at least a month. That's fair. Um, but yeah, how are you going to pause for a month? Like, what what are the guys going to? What do they have to do? How are they going to keep up? How are they going to? I don't care. This is a pandemic. This is not a. I'm not you know commander in chief. I'm not some big doctor. I'm just saying like if you see trends like right, but you can't. It's positive with a new strain of coronavirus in the air. Stop everything for a month. But there can't, they, you can't just stop everything for a month. They stopped the planet. They for stopped like eight months. They stopped the planet for eight months, but they still had people working from home. They still had first responders going in. They still had doctors going yeah, in. Those, those the people needed. that exactly, exactly, and the people and the right, but the people right, 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 but the people who still need to do work but are at home and aren't really necessary to how the world runs they still work from home they still did things from home to keep up with work to to make sure things are still running smoothly okay. to make sure that they're ready to come back when people can come back so okay. what what steps would they take I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they would they could just go with the same the same thing they did last time. That's what who take? How can they maintain the ability after a one month break, smack dab in the middle of the season? Right. It's not like the situation where they they had to pause the league because of the the COVID because they had to decide on how to go about it would just be the same thing as last time out that's what happened last season but they had you know they had home workouts they had all this stuff I, mean, yeah, 
just, yeah, I mean, I guess that would be it. That would just be yeah. it. Just, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. It's just, they should not. It's so risky. It's so risky. It's ridiculous. Do you understand how risky it is? Right. No, I Lots agree. Lives. Life and death risky. Like, that's crazy. But how many players are dying from COVID? How players are dying from COVID? You get COVID, you spread COVID to somebody else, and then somebody else, and then somebody else, and they kill somebody else in a different country because they had COVID. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Right. But okay. why? That's selfish. It's selfish. I hear that, but they, they need. There needs to be something. There does not look. I love watching the sport. I'm so glad that they're still playing because it gives me something to do. But if people might die, then stop doing it. It's not that important. It's not that important. Right. And obviously, it doesn't take precedence over lives of people. I mean, I think... I think allowing it to continue, but with England having the lockdown measures they have now, for me, in my opinion, I think that's appropriate enough because they're not coming into contact with civilians. The only people they're coming on contact into with, uh, in contact with is players, teammates, staff, coaches, opposition, and that's it. It's one huge yeah. bubble, but it's a bubble. Yeah, it should, there should be less people there. Uh, definitely no fans yet. Definitely, definitely kick fans out of the stadiums. And they haven't had them since they last had fans, which was, I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks ago. That's good. Yeah, but yeah, that's what I think. I think it should just pause. Okay. I agree. I fully agree. Um, oh... Now I remember. Now I always forget that I send myself posts from like Instagram and stuff. And I, I always mean to, let's see, bring them up. Yeah. So one of them was, one of these things I sent myself was Klopp's quotes from his complaints in the game. He said, United, if United had more penalties in two years than I did in five um, if anybody calls Mane a diver, it's the biggest joke in the world. But we have to respect the decisions. We can't change it. And then, yeah, and then he's like, oh, we can change our performances. But to me, it's just it's just more and more like complaints, just empty complaints over and over again. Yeah. Um, we'll go to the beginning. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just bringing it up just because – I had it in my feed and I meant to mention it, but I think one of the, my favorite things I saw so far this week was that Mourinho has perfectly summed up the league this year. He said, you win one game in your second, third, or fourth, you lose two points in your seventh, eighth, or ninth. Yeah. To me, it sounds like he's just describing the 2000s and early 2010s Premier League, but he's, thank God, also giving an accurate description of what it's like now. And it's most definitely back. Yeah. Um, yes, 
It's very exciting. Um, yeah, that's it. All right. So, uh, that is it. That is all from us today. Thank you for listening. Um, you know, always reach out on the Instagram. Uh, the tag is let me talk PC, uh, email us all your comments, questions, your own opinions. This is let me talk and we want to let you talk. Um, so, you know, reach out on the emails, let me talk four, two, three, one at Gmail. Um, or you can reach us out, reach out to us on the Instagram account, which is, uh, let me talk PC. Um, again, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Peace.